All right, are we ready for some football? I hope so. Since you're tuned here to Birds 365, and that's what we're going to be talking for the next two hours. And when I say we, I mean the Mac and Mac guys. You're truly Joe McDonald, along with my partner, John McMullen, who looks like he's in the dark. Did you dip the, the lights over there in your place, McMullen? No. Why am I that much you know, brighter than you? The problem is, you know, I have these lighting issues constantly. I was on all last night. You know, I have a small house, Jody. I have a house, but I have a small house. So, A, I have to find, find a place to do this because there's other people you involved. you got this beautiful brick wall behind you. What are yeah. you talking about? Are you so, inside or outside? So, yeah. So, I have to find a place and it moves around. Plus, I'm doing 75 other things. So, I have to write about this stuff. I have to do hits for other radio stations. I have to do hits for Sports Illustrated. So I need like a stick an hour to set everything up properly, and I just don't have the time to do it. So deal with okay. it until the uh, sun gets uh, a little bit better. I'm busting your chops, but it looks like my head's attached to my – I went with the black turtleneck here to kind of try and match up with you today, and it looks like my head is being uh, imposed upon my shoulder pad. I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyway, you somehow we'll get head. To, you're not head. You're not clicking on this link to uh, uh, check out the handsomeness of the two hosts. That's pretty much a given. No. You're coming here for the information, the knowledge, and the opinion, and we'll bring that to you for the next two hours with two good guests, which we'll give you the details on coming up in a second. But details, the devil's in the details, and that's what it's all about today. Yesterday was the big reveal day in the National Football League. All 32 teams, all 17 games, breaking down the schedule from every possible angle that you can. And our main concern, of course, is the Philadelphia Eagles and their 18-week, 17-game schedule. We knew who the Eagles' opponents were going to be. We even knew where the games were going to be played. What we didn't know was when and what weeks and what groupings they would be in. We now have them, and the Philadelphia Eagles have at least by one metric, the easiest schedule in the National Football League. Their opponents from last year compiled the worst record of any team that someone will be facing off against this year. Johnny Mack, that's a good sign. There's no other way to slice it other than you, your schedule is what your schedule is. You got to play who you got to play. You might as well have an easy road. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not a big fan of that metric. I don't think it's too important as far as, you know, counting up the wins from last season and thinking that's going to carry over. But nonetheless, I mean, you're right. Uh, the Eagles schedule, if you look at where these teams finished last year, let me pull it up for you. 117 and 155, Jody. Uh, that's pretty the, bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. The point differential, get this, negative uh, 554 when you add all those teams and their point differentials up. And, and then you talk about it, there are three teams with winning records from last season on the schedule. The two obvious ones, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were in the Super Bowl. Uh, so obviously they're pretty good teams. And then the New and, Orleans and, Saints. And I was going to say, the only one that, uh, yeah. in addition to, they beat last year. And, and by the way. has got his huge win against the Saints. There's there's no Drew Brees as well. Drew Brees' era is over. So, I mean, this is as easy as it gets. But I, but what's, I can't believe the negativity. 
I'm I'm getting killed all week, as you know, Jody, and you're partially involved in this for pointing out to people that Jalen Hurts isn't Joe Montana yet. Uh, pointing out that there are other people in the league, personnel evaluators, evaluators who aren't that high on the kid. I'm getting killed, nonstop getting killed. Then these same people are telling, oh, how are the Eagles going to deal with this schedule? You can't get any easier. If you can't deal with this schedule, you can't deal with any schedule. We had Randy Mueller on yesterday, the ex-GM, ex-executive of the year, Dolphins and Saints. There are no Coastal Carolinas, no Georgia Southerns, no Alabamas versus Bandies where you get a week off. This is the NFL. Buy a dog. Get ADT. Get Comcast Security (laughs) if you're scared. Everybody's got good players in this league. So my point is you can talk yourself into things. Are the Eagles going to start 0-4? Are the Eagles going to start 0-6? We talked about it yesterday because we had the week one game. How do you stop Julio Jones? How do you stop Calvin Ridley? Kyle Pitts, who's never played it down in the NFL. Oh, my God. How do you stop Kyle Pitts? Look, they're going to win some of these games. Calm down. They're not going to go 0-4. They're not going to go 0-6. They're not going to go 0-8. The question is, are they going to be relevant in the NFC East? Are they going to be a 6-1 team? You know, Vegas has it mostly. Most of the betting odds have them at 6.5 over under. And they're probably going to be right around there. You know, good season, maybe get to 9. Bad season would be anything under 6. Right. And that's not impossible, but uh, the way that the schedule shook out, the most telltale thing for me was the fact that it is so divisionally lopsided. They they start the season playing all the other teams that aren't in the NFC East. They get their interconference games. They're out of division games. They get all of them early, including those two very tough games. I, I went through the schedule and said, all right, where are the games where they got no shot? When a team goes 4-11 and 1 like the Eagles did last year, you figure going into the next year, there's going to be a bunch of games where they have no shot. And even though both of the games are home games, they play both of the Super Bowl teams this year. Big mm-hmm. Red, Andy Reid coming home, taking on the Eagles in Philadelphia, and Tom Brady and his Bucks coming here as well. So if you believe well that anytime it's a home game, you have to give the home team at least a puncher's chance, you can have that opinion. I know a lot of people have that opinion. Personally, I don't. If it's a mismatch and the team is much better, one team has a much higher level of talent on its roster than the other, I think you can say, yeah, I think that team's got no shot. And personally, I think the Eagles have next to no shot against either the Bucks or the Chiefs. That's it. Those are the only two games for me on this Eagles schedule where I say the Eagles have no chance. There's going to be a whole bunch of games where there'll be an underdog, but underdogs win games, like beating the Saints last year with Jalen Hurts. They weren't supposed to be close or competitive in that game, and they went out winning it. So that's my upside for the schedule is there's only two games, and they're both early in the season, and they're both here in Philadelphia. Some people might think that's actually worse. You have to witness it up close and personal. If you're an Eagles season ticket holder, go down and watch Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes put up a 40-burger against this Eagles maybe questionable defense. And, yeah, I think Tampa will come in here and score a bunch of points, too, against the Eagles. But that's it. Other than that, it's a, a competitive schedule. And if you like waiting to the end of the season for rivalry games, 
from week seven on, their last seven weeks, five against their handicapped divisional NFC least pals, one game against my J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 and the game which they can't lose, guaranteed non-loss, the bye, which is way late in the season for me. I'd rather see it somewhere in the middle. Anybody who said strategically put it in. I know Tampa had a late bye last year, <laughs> and supposedly that was a key to their getting it together. And a lot. No, give me the bye right in the middle of the schedule. That's when I want it. I don't want it too early. I don't want it too late. I think the Eagles got it a little late, uh, and it may help out with their winnable games at the end of the year, but it's still too late for my money. End of the season, the Eagles can make some hay. They're going to be below 500. By the time we get to week, uh, whatever it is, when is the actual first game? Uh, they got the Giants. Oh, we talked about this yesterday, week 12, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. They're going to be below 500 when they get into that juncture of their schedule. But at the Giants, Jets, by home Washington, home Giants, at Washington, at the that's a soft underbelly to a schedule. They're just going to have to be real good real late. Yeah, I, I mean – to me, I look at this schedule and I say it, it's very good for the Eagles because of, of what you said. The second half, Jody, is really uh, important to this thing. And if you can keep your head above water to say week 10, I go that game at Denver, which is no, November 14th. Um, so let's see. We're talking – that that's uh, the ninth game. It's uh, uh, is it the ninth game or the tenth game? Uh, some tenth game. So if they're four and six, you say under five hundred. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. I think that's really good, and I think they're in a position to make a run. And again, when I say run, I'm talking about the NFC East. I'm right. not talking Making about a, a push yeah. for five hundred to be able to steal this week division. Yes, yes. I'm not talking about championship contender. I'm, I'm talking about playoff contender. And I'm only talking about playoff contender because of the division and how bad it is. So uh, I think if you can keep your head above water or keep your head near uh, water's level, so to speak, through week 10, then you're in a position uh, to make a run uh, against teams that should be uh, relatively poor. Remember, New Orleans doesn't have Drew Brees. You have that tough road trip where you got to go up to North Jersey two weeks in a row against the Giants and the Jets, Jody. Do you think they'll they'll stay up in North Jersey at a hotel so they don't have that difficult travel uh, to go back and forth back to back weeks? Uh, that that part, I think people don't realize how important it is the fact that they don't have to travel long distances for essentially the entire second half of the season. Then you have to buy. I agree with you. Yeah. I'd rather have it smack dab in the middle of the schedule. However, if you are in it, week 14 is a heck of a time to have a bye. And by in it, again, I mean NFC East. And then you have the final month against the NFC's least teams, and that'll tell the tale. If they're not in this thing, if they're not in the NFC's conversation in week 15, this has been a failure of a season. And this will probably not go over well with Eagle fans, but if there is a team that's going to open things up, but we know that didn't happen last year. Nobody opened up division. Shoot, at one point, the Eagles were on top of the division, uh, as unlikely with the ending numbers as that sounds. Um, 
if there is a team that's going to distance themselves in this division, it's going to be the Cowboys. I know Eagle fans don't want to hear that, don't like to hear that. Um, Dak Prescott is far and away the best quarterback in this division. Of course, he didn't play basically all of last year. If he's back, if he's healthy, if he's at the level, and I know there's a lot of ifs, if he's at the level that he was, I'm not even talking about him being better and improved Dak Prescott. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, but if you just fairly set the bar at Dak Prescott's usual level so far in his career, if he plays that level, the Cowboys are going to be the team to beat in this division because they got more offensive weapons than everybody else. The Giants added weapons, but they still have Daniel Jones pulling the trigger, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, you know what Fitzmagic is going to be down in Washington. It'll be Fitzmagic. It'll be Fitztragic. He's going to be both um, maybe a little bit more stability with the skins because he's a uh, veteran guy, but uh, is he really going to take the Redskins to a 10-win season? I don't think there's any possibility of that. So Dallas is the only way. You agree with me that, that uh, the Eagles should be in this because the division is as weak as it is. The only team with the potential to actually open it up and put distance between themselves and everybody else is probably the Cowboys. Yeah, I agree because of the quarterback situation. But we do have to see, you know, what Dak Prescott comes back. He's coming off a pretty significant injury, so maybe it takes him a while. I think long-term he'll be fine, but who knows where he is week one. Maybe it takes him a, a little bit of uh, to, to knock the rust off, so to speak. But, Jody, look at them defensively. I mean, they made a shit change uh, uh, from Mike Nolan to Dan Quinn, so they're shifting gears again on the defensive side of the football. You know what Dan Quinn does, a lot of cover three. They don't have a lot of talent on that side of the ball any longer. They're trying to rebuild. My point is everybody has holes in this division, and you can talk yourself into things. I see Eagles fans talking themselves into negative things, and it starts week one when you talk about, I said, the playmakers, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, the Kyle Pitts. How do we stop these guys? How do we stop them? San Francisco comes in with Debo Samuel and George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. How do you stop these guys? Week three is Dallas, as you mentioned, with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. You know, uh, week four, we go to Kansas City, Andy Reid. You know, it's Tyreek Hill time. It's Travis Kelsey Damn, time. you're scaring me, McMullen. Exactly. The Eagles are going to give up 200 points in the first five, now, four weeks now, of the season. Now, the point I'm trying to make, Jody, now, Eagles fans may not realize it because they're the only team in the league that hasn't had good receivers over the past few seasons. Everybody's got good receivers. Everybody. Good teams, bad teams. That's why it's been such a head scratcher for Philadelphia. Why can't you figure out how to get, you know, forget about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but, but we got what we hey, hey we got Devontae. We gave out 10 jerseys last night. We gave out we 10 got jerseys and, and come and on, it's getting better here, Johnny Mac. It is getting better, and that's the point. Maybe Devontae Smith does turn into a, a true wide receiver one, and all of a sudden the parts fall into place, and Jalen Rager with no pressure on him becomes a, a decent option. Dallas got it with a, a bigger role on his plate, uh, a, a little bit more freedom as a flex receiver, maybe he turns into a big-time option. Point is, Jody, I mean, 
this is every week you're getting this. You're gonna you're talking yourself into things. We see this in the NFL. There are teams who win six games that have 1,200-yard receivers. Everybody scores in this league. You find a way to win games. How do you win games? We were talking about Teddy Bridgewater. I thought that was interesting. You brought him up yesterday for something you said. He said something far more interesting. Competition makes us better human beings. Yeah. That was Teddy's quote. I'm telling you, I I thought Nick Sirianni might want to trade for him yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Podcast wise, though, he said something really interesting about Matt Rule and Carolina, more so Joe Brady. They didn't practice two minute stuff, they didn't practice Redstone, Redstone stuff. He was really upset about how they ran practices. So you have the Carolina Panthers. Everybody's got problems in this league. Again, you can talk yourself into things in a positive way. You can talk yourself into Jalen Hurts being a superstar. In a negative way, you can talk yourself into how is the superstar at quarterback going to lose six straight games? Well, some people have talked themselves into both. I don't know how. Well, the Eagles can go 17-0 and 0-17, can they? That's that's a virtual impossibility. No. Well, you know what's an impossibility? To be a playoff team with a great quarterback and be a non-playoff team with a great quarterback. If you got a great quarterback, you're going to be a playoff team. Trust me. Well, the Falcons weren't last year, and I think Matt uh, Matty Ice is close to a great – he's a very good quarterback. He's very good. Quarterback. Uh, uh, all right. I'll, 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 I'll clarify. You should know better. Great quarterback having a good season, you're going to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't say that. I'm only nah. going by what you say there, Jody. Well, Matthews. I usually don't have to clarify things for you, Jody. Yeah, but well, I'll, I'll, you know, sometimes And, you and remember our, our loyal listeners out there might need a little clarification too. So when, when I think you need to clarify a little bit, I'll just ask, can you clarify that for me, John McMullen? We'll get a lot of things clarified because coming up next, Rob Motti from the Associated Press, been covering the birds for years. Rob's uh, great, does a great job covering all sports here in Philadelphia, but uh, probably the Eagles as well as any other team that he covers. Uh, hasn't joined us in over a month. We haven't had the Motti man in a month. Looking forward to talking to him coming up next. A little bit later, you recognize him from his work on 6ABC. Jeff Skaberski, sports director at 6ABC, will hop aboard with us. Later here on the day after the NFL reveals its schedule, the easy the Eagles schedule for both Johnny Mac and I pretty tough early, doable late. We'll break it all down for you with the help of Rob Mighty next here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation 
and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Thursday Affair here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Breaking down the Eagles 2021 schedule. We haven't gone through it yet with the W's and L's, but uh, we're giving you some first impressions on it. We're going to add a third voice to the mix. Uh, he does as good a job as anyone in town covering the birds. He does it for Associated Press. You'll catch him every once in a while over on 97.5, the fanatic here in town. Our buddy Rob Matty. Well, Matty hops aboard here with us on Birds 365. Matty, man, how you been? What's up, guys? 17 and 0. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the optimism, Rob. I'm stunned how <laughs> negative, how pessimistic. You know, I always get killed for being too negative, but I, I'm surprised how many fans. I, I'm not a, a great fan of the metric of looking at last year's records and saying it's going to move forward, but if you do, Look, the Eagles have the easiest schedule in the NFL. And by the way, it's no coincidence Dallas is number two because they're both in this division. That plays into it a lot. But uh, talk about this schedule as a whole. What stood out to you? I know what stood out to me. Interested to see what, what jumped out at you. Man, the number one thing that stands out, guys, is the fact that over the course of the last two months of the season, they don't have to get on a plane. Yeah, you got four home games, a bye, and then train rides to North Jersey and a train ride to uh, D.C. to to Maryland to play the Washington football team, and 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 that I think is a big deal because you're you know you're not getting on a plane, you're not flying, and of course it's not like if you're going making short trips, but still I think it matters. I, I think that'll benefit them, and perhaps towards the end of the season in this division, I don't see anybody running away. So I do think that the Eagles coming off a four win season. Even though I project them in the five to seven range, there's a lot of ifs and it's a lot of different things and uh, several variables fall right. 
they could be in a mix in an NFC East where nine wins is good enough to get it. Right. And you, you make the point about uh, travel and they don't have to get on a plane. And it's all easy trips when you do have to make trips. Even more important than number of miles traveled, they're not good teams. No. You know, I'm a Jet guy, but the Jets were <laughs> god-awful last year. We got to find out what Wilson's going to do, new coaching staff. I know Washington won the division last year, but they got to show it to me again this season. They won it with a below 500 record. And the Giants made some nice additions. They gave Daniel Jones more weapons, but he's still Daniel Jones, and they didn't upgrade their defense quite enough for me. That's even more important is the teams that they're playing aren't, aren't all that good. And yes, two of them are basically divisional rivals, which if you can't win in your division, you don't deserve to win a division <clears throat> anyway. Now, you're exactly right, Jody, because that is a, a favorable schedule. Uh, obviously, as, as John had said, you, you got an easy schedule. You're playing a last place schedule, and it is favorable. And, and you're playing. I do think the Giants are going to be slightly improved. I like what they did over the course of the, the second half of last season. But to your point, it's still Daniel Jones. <laughs> Saquon Barkley coming back, if he can come back, is going to be a big factor for that offense. And I don't see any reason why he won't come back and be healthy on that knee. Washington. Yes, with Ron Rivera, the team seems to be trending in the right direction. But what's their quarterback situation going to be like? Are you scared of, of uh, Ryan Fitzmagic or Taylor Henneke? I'm not. So, yeah, the schedule – and the Jets are the Jets. So the schedule is favorable <laughs> in, 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 so many, in so many different ways that way. Uh, it, it, it's a little tough though in the beginning. You got to get through. You got to get through some some difficult matchups, and we'll see what this team looks like because right now we're we're just project. We haven't even seen them on the field in practice. I know John's eager to get out there tomorrow though. Yeah, hope well. And and by the way, Rob, we're only getting access to individual drills and walkthroughs. I'm not happy with that. Rookie camp, you should be able to watch the whole thing. But that's some inside baseball. I do want to. Bring up another thing, even the, the winning teams on this schedule, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, the Super Bowl teams, New Orleans, which, by the way, doesn't have Drew Brees, they're all at home. They're all at Lincoln Financial Field, 70,000 people, and Tampa Bay, Rob, short week, Thursday night game. And you know how teams that have to travel on the short week, that might be the biggest upset spot of the year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Kind of like the Eagles going to Green Bay on a short week two years ago and, and running the ball down a Packers throat, winning that football game, and then uh, Doug Peterson getting reprimanded for running the ball too much by Jeffrey Lurie. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, I'm going off on another tangent. Now, I, I, I looked at that Buccaneers-Eagles game just like you, that Thursday night coming here, and kind of in my mind likened it to the, the Bucks playing Chicago last year. I believe that was a Thursday night. Remember when Brady forgot it was fourth down? You know, and things worked out for him. He went on and won a seventh Super Bowl. But that could be a spot, like you said, where it's prime for an upset. So the schedule to me seems favorable. Now the product, what goes out there on the field, has to match. And, and I, I'm, a, I'm somewhat excited about this team because everyone I've spoken to, guys, who's either had any kind of experience with Nick Sirianni, whether it was uh, played for him, coached with him, whatever, has spoken so highly of him. Not just the energy and the enthusiasm, but beyond that, more importantly than that, his X's and O's, his ability to, as, as a teacher, his ability to uh, diagram plays, to uh, create, be creative, to allow his, as yesterday we heard Kenny Gainwell say, the playbook is set up 
for playmakers. Well, the Eagles got a couple playmakers in here now, and Devontae Smith. So uh, let's see what he can do. But I, I, I'm really excited and higher on this team now than I was, say, a month or two ago. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, the Bucks are going to come in here and roll by double digits. That, uh, <laughs> there's there's going to be no upset there. Tom Brady is probably. probably. But I'm just pointing out that, it, it, you know, if it were a Sunday game, I would say yeah. you're 100% right. But that Thursday game puts a little See, that, that is where I disagree with you. And Rob, uh, please hop in here. Because it's a short week, anytime it's a short week for me, advantage coaching staff. And we've got the coaching staff that just kind of surprised everyone winning a Super Bowl as compared to a wet behind the ears, still early in the season coaching staff. Nick Sirianni still learning on the job as he goes. I think that's a coaching staff mismatch. And that's why I think the Bucs will win that one by double digits. When is it? October? So the weather's not going to be a factor. Gronk can ride in here on his uh, in his flip-flops and shorts like he prefers. <laughs> Brady, uh, yeah, it's not. He's... He's not have to going to worry about no frozen tundra at the link. So I mean, I I I can I see your point, Jody. I'm still taking the points right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a long shot, but I'm saying I'm trying to give the people some hope because yes. one of the things you know, Rob, I've I've said, and and the the front part of the schedule is the difficult part. And if you start week one, and I mentioned this with Jody before you hopped on. You have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley, you have Kyle Pitts uh, now in Atlanta. Week two with San Francisco, you know how explosive they are with Kittle and Samuel. Now they're healthy. Brandon Ayuk, the Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, on and on. And then the Chiefs come in week four. How do you stop those teams when Zach McPherson (laughs) might be your outside corner opposite Darius Slay? Oh, that's a big mystery right now. And it's the, the matchups don't favor the Eagles at all defensively. And and that's as much as I like what they've done offensively to bring in some weapons and to build around Jalen Hurts and guys got to be healthy and play to their potential. On the defensive side, my biggest concern right now would be the secondary because you still got Rodney McLeod coming back from a, another knee injury. You got young guys stepping up. And, and Zach McPherson, the fourth-round pick, is – is he pencil? Is he even penciled in as the starter opposite Darius Slay right now? I think they really got to dip into that free agency market there. Uh, some of these guys who are still out there, whether it's Nelson or someone else, a veteran corner to come in here and kind of try and and solidify things because you point that out. There's a lot of there's a lot of matchups that are going to be uh, very unfavorable for the Eagles from a passing game standpoint. You mentioned Nelson. Gary and Conley's name gets thrown around all the time. We know who the guys are who are still out there, and we bring them up on almost a daily basis on the show. You reference them in articles you write. They're not here. They're not anywhere else. They haven't signed, but they're not here. What is the whole – are we trying to get them for $200,000 instead of paying them uh, $2.9 million? I'd rather pay them $2.7 million. It seems to be a glaring need for the Eagles, and these guys are still looking for a job. Why haven't they they've been able to get one of these veterans to jump and bite and be given a job as a starter? I don't know how many other teams are out there where you've got a free agent like the two guys I just mentioned that you go, oh, and you sign with us. We're pretty much guaranteeing you a starting spot at one of the corners. Why hasn't this happened yet? 
It seems so simple and too easy. And, and you question why not? Is it a matter maybe of the calendar and you're waiting till June 1st and, and the Zach Ertz situation to play out and, and then have a little bit more flexibility with the salary cap and the money? Perhaps that it that's that's the case. You want to see what these young guys can do in rookie camp. Although I, I don't know how much they can show you to to convince you that they're the answer at that position. <clears throat> so I, I Jody, the only the only reasonable logical way I could look at it is if they're interested, and in Nelson's case, I know for sure they're at least interested. Perhaps it's just a matter of waiting on June 1st and, and then having a little bit more flexibility with the salary cap. Because Zach Ertz isn't coming back. No, he's not. And, Rob, you bring up a good point with the June 1st aspect. I, I think you saw a report yesterday, and you know better than anybody else how these things work. And, and Nelson's, uh, you know, 14 teams are interested. It might have been 17. Sure. And of course, of course they yeah. are. You sure it wasn't all 32? Exactly. So, <laughs> you, know, you know by that things aren't going the way they expected. And I look at Steven Nelson. He's a good player. He's not a great player. But, uh, you know, nobody can give him a better opportunity. He walks in here tomorrow. He's a starting corner opposite Darius Slay. So, ultimately, I think the Eagles can play this waiting game. And also, Howie Roseman brought up Ronald Darby in 2017. They made that trade in August. So there are still different avenues. One thing I think you'll agree with, and tell me if I'm wrong, there's going to be another corner on this team at some point. Yeah, I'd be surprised if there isn't, guys. I really would be because you're so thin. You're so young there. And you know, Avante Maddox last year, did not step up clearly and, and take over and solidify that spot outside. Perhaps he moves inside. Now, a lot of people will tell you maybe Jim Schwartz's defense had something to do with, with Avante's decline, with, with the lack of progression for some of these cornerbacks. And maybe that is the case. Maybe with a, a new defensive uh, coordinator, the system can help some of these players step it up. But all of that said, I, I still believe they're going to bring somebody in. When Howie flat out says, hey, we can wait on this and, and maybe even make a trade, and uh, not to compare this team to that 2017 team, although going into that 2017 season, I don't think anybody had him as a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. I had him at nine wins. Yeah. I didn't have him going 13, 13 and three and going on to win a Super Bowl. I don't, but then again, I don't have this team at nine wins either. I still got this team in the five to seven range. But you, you get the point. There are guys out there that are going to be available, that are still available, and it's just a matter of evaluating the talent that you have, get some flexibility, and go out there and make that move. Can I make one point? John references. He does it about once a show. And, he, and well, he should because it's a direct quote from uh, the general manager of this football team. Turning back the clock to the Ronald Darby acquisition – did, did I sleep through the Ronald Darby era here in Philadelphia? <laughs> was it something that we're writing home about, that it was one of the greatest acquisitions of all time? for the, Ronald Darby came in here, and it was okay at best. For me, he was below average. Uh, that's just my evaluation of Ronald Darby's play. So if that's what we're using as a template for, we can reproduce what we did when we picked up Ronald Darby you better do better than that, Howie. The Ronald Darby era here in Philadelphia was nothing special for me. Sorry for being negative. I'm taking Johnny's role here, but I'm just being honest. <laughs> what did Ronald Darby do when he was here in Green? Jody, how how quickly we forget. Ronald Darby was the starting quarterback yes. 
for a Super Bowl champion. They allowed 500, what, two yards, 505? Yeah. Yeah. If Ronald, if not for Ronald Darby, it may have been 600. And it <laughs> no, but I think Rob is right. To Howie's credit, um, the point is, no, we're not going to get a superstar, but we can get a competent option. And and what he's trying to say is we want a Super Bowl with Ronald Darby. So Bobby. by definition – you can find a competent option even later on in the process. So that's where I think he's going that route. Not that it's Deion Sanders, but I, I do want to reverse to what you said about Avante Maddox, Rob. I do think people are writing him off. Now, perhaps you have a different coaching staff. Jonathan Gannon, who we don't know a lot about, but we look at Indianapolis, we can look at Minnesota. Uh, plays a little bit more zone, at least we project him to. His history is with cornerbacks, so maybe he can develop. That's a big part of this new coaching staff. I think player development has lacked in recent years. Who's to say Avante Maddox can't develop? I I agree, And and, and I think that's a big part of what the upside of this coaching staff is, this young coaching staff, because we've heard Howie, and I believe even Jeffrey Lurie, kind of allude to this without totally throwing Doug Peterson and that coaching staff under the bus. But I think there's a segment uh, or or a feeling that, hey, we drafted some of these guys that everybody's writing off as busts, and they just weren't coached up properly. And with the right coaching, they can develop. And Avante's one of those guys who actually showed us even more than some of the play, like a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside or a Jalen Reed. Like Avante showed us a couple of years that he's got some talent. He can play. His rookie year, he was really good, right? And, and, and then for whatever reason, took a, he had some injuries, took a step backward. Uh, I'm hopeful that this coaching staff can develop these guys. You hear – I spoke to even a couple of veterans on the team, a Brandon Graham who, who talked about how much – the teaching and the coaching is different and and seems to be something that can benefit the younger players. So uh, when you see a veteran player and then you see young guys embracing that, embracing these philosophies, the coaching, we make a lot about the youthful enthusiasm of this coaching staff, but I think it's their ability to communicate with the younger players and get them on the same page and build that chemistry, I think is going to be the big key to this team. Rob, I'll play Johnny Maxwell for him again here. Um, we haven't had you on since the draft. Uh, will we, five years from now, six years from now, be lamenting the fact that the Eagles passed on Justin Fields? We both like, I specifically do, huge DeMont, uh, Devonta Smith fan, uh, was calling for the Eagles to draft him. Couldn't believe they'd even have the chance to draft him. So I know that's who they drafted, so it can't be all bad. It's going to be good because Smith's going to be a big-time player. But the Eagles did pass on the quarterback position, and they are going to give Jalen Hurts the shot this year. But I think Justin Fields has got a chance to be a really special player down the line. Are we going to lament the fact that the Eagles didn't make a quarterback adjustment in uh, the 2021 offseason? I, I don't necessarily feel that you're going to lament that they passed on Justin Fields because I think Jalen Hurts really has a chance to, develop again, develop right, if he's developed properly into a solid quarterback. I do – I look back at this, though, and I was shocked. I, Jody, I was stunned that they moved up to take Devontae Smith because I, when I was on here with you guys and on other shows I've done, I thought 
they're going to trade, but I felt more likely to trade back and, and end up with one of those players in the trenches and get an extra pick. And then I saw what the Bears gave up to move up, to get Justin Fields. And I think the move that, although not popular because everybody's in love with Devontae Smith, and, and rightfully so, the kid's not only talented, but just talking to him a few times, John, he's really polished, he's very mature, and I think that's going to bode well for him. But had they made that, they put and made that trade with the Bears and added a fourth first round yeah. pick next year, you could have gone down to 20 and, and got a solid player at 20 and then had potentially four first round picks next year to where if Jalen Hurts isn't the guy, forget about drafting Justin Fields, those four first round picks could have been used for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson. So to me, that was the one that I, I, I go, yeah. I'm not going to kill a pick where you take Devontae Smith because he's the people's choice. And I think that played into it, guys. Don't, don't think that it hasn't been lost on Howie Roseman and the organization how popular of a pick Devontae Smith is. And I think that may have played just a slight role in it, but forget about that. I would have traded back and gotten and, and tried to acquire that fourth first fourth first round pick. Beautiful, Rob. You just foreshadowed my exact Philly Boys column today that's going to run this morning. If you go back to read, 20. Y'all must read. Yeah. If you go back to 20 and you're getting an extra first round pick on top of it, and think about who was on the board. You had wide receivers. You had the Batemans of the world, the Tonys of the world, who I'm Newsom, not in love with. Right? Caleb Farley was on the board. Yeah. Uh, who knows if he was red flagged by the Eagles or not. You know, then you had the edge rushers, the Quiddy Pays of the world. Um, there were a lot of players that could fit need, plus you're getting that extra first-round pick, and, you know, if Carson Wentz holds his water in Indianapolis, I think we all think he's going to do that. That's four first-round picks next year to go get whomever, whomever you want. For a general manager that that is known for value, that was the value. There it was staring you right in the face. Or just take the quarterback, Justin Fields. Take the right. quarterback. Yeah, let me uh, let me let me let me quarterback factory guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Both both you guys, both of you guys are out in left field. Oh, for whomever, let's go through the options of whomever. Chances of Aaron Rodgers being a Philadelphia Eagle. Percentages. Give me a percentage, boys. Five (laughs) percent. I'll go less than that. Yeah, Yeah, less than that. Okay, Uh, Russell Wilson. Give me the percentage chance he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle with four first round picks to dangle out there to get Russell Wilson. Give me the percentage chance Russell Wilson's an Eagle. I'll let Rob go. I'll go higher than Aaron. I'll I'll, I'll go fifteen percent on Russell. Wilson. I'll go way above that. Russell wants out of Seattle. I go forty percent. Yeah. Okay. Forty. Yeah. Did you say forty, McMullen? Four zero. Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle unless they they repair that relationship over the year. By this time next year, I'll probably be up over 50 if they want to go in that direction. Whoa. They would have already made the decision. They I'm love a- Russ. Rob will tell you. He oh, is yeah. their white whale. He is I, their white whale. I, I, I might be able to make some money off this deal. I think that's got next to no shot at happening. Deshaun Watson, oh. I think he's got a better chance of being out of the league than wow. actually being here in Philadelphia. You've got to at least factor that in. Here's what those yeah. four first-round draft picks are going to turn into 
if they had gone that way, gone that direction. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler. That's what you're going to end up with. Another quarterback who's never played a down in the National Football League, at least my evaluative opinion, nowhere near the cl class of this year's quarterback draft. And I don't think any of this year's quarterback, next year's quarterbacks are going to be as good a player as Justin Fields is. So if that was the move to move back, I think mean, you're moving back for another roll of the dice at best. Well, then take the quarterback. That was the second part of it. Just that, take that the part I agree with you. But both of you were singing the tune of let's trade back to get yes. that fourth pick to How get whomever. I'm telling you, whomever is Sam Howell. Howie's Mr. Let's Make a Deal. He's never afraid to make a blockbuster. He's in the mix. He kicks the tires on any player out there who's available. If he was armed with four first-round picks and and Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, and, and you got a, a great point about Watson. I don't know what his situation is going to look like, but I got to think at some point he's going to be back in the NFL. If they're there available and Howie's armed with four first-round picks, I think the only thing that would be standing in his way is Jalen Hurts' incredible development as a sophomore in the NFL, and that has yet to be determined. Well, Rob, all, all right. right. Let's... Let me just make one more point right. now. Shut up, I promise. Uh, here's what I remember. Jaleel Okafor, Markel Fultz, <laughs> Ben Simmons, being able to wheel and deal and be in position to get great guys coming out of the draft doesn't really guarantee you anything. No, when you, you, get gotta, adults, you, when you get adults running the room yeah. like Daryl Morey, things seem to come together. But when you're just uh, willy-nilly going back, let's go back to the draft. Let's go back. High draft picks. It doesn't guarantee anything. How many, right. how many championships has Howie won? How many championships has Daryl Morey won? Uh, yeah. Just, just Daryl's only been here one year. How many years has Harry been here? He's been in Houston. Yeah, he's, he's been. Teams, no he's been in the NBA for a long time, Daryl Morey. Yeah. But yeah, but the, to only Rob's that, point, the only thing that matters in Philadelphia is Philadelphia. All those other years are relevant. To <laughs> Rob's point, I want to take the ten thousand foot view at the quarterback position as a whole. Because I do think, Rob, all this team talks about is quarterback, 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 how important it is, how important the backup quarterback role is. And all of a sudden, they have a quarterback sitting there and they go in a different direction. How much did the fracture, did the divorce with Carson Wentz make this team a little bit more cautious? Or did it? Or did it not? Because I see caution. I don't think so, John. I don't think they passed on Justin Fields because of how things played out with Carson and Jalen. I think they passed on Justin Fields because they feel that Devontae Smith is that much of a, a upgrade at that playmaker position, and they feel in Jalen Hurts what they've seen. And although they won't tell you this, although they won't commit to him publicly, although everything they say is competition, competition, competition – I feel that they really have invested in Jalen Hurts. They know they invested in Jalen Hurts, and, and they think that Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff can develop him to a point where he's going to be more than just a competent NFL quarterback because competent NFL quarterback isn't good enough. You need to be a star quality, and and he's got all that. We've talked about Jalen. He's got all those intangibles. He really he chucks, checks all the box for intangibles. It's well, just, no question. It's, yeah, it's just get get your accuracy, your footwork, your mechanics, and and, and let's go. And, and I think they feel that they can develop him. Then let me ask you this. 
if they showed their devotion, as short-term as it may be, to Jalen Hurts, they have all these potential picks, three potential now, could have been four if they had gone the other direction, as you guys noted. Um, what does Jalen have to do for them not to use all those assets to get another quarterback next year? In your evaluation, Rob, what does he have to show? What does he have to prove? Uh, is it going to be determined by one loss record? Is it going to be determined by quarterback ranking? How will the Eagles know? Yeah, we're good. We made the right call by not drafting Justin Fields. Jalen Hurts is our guy going forward or, yeah, okay, now we got these extra assets. We're going to have to use them. We're going to have to go in another direction. How are they going to make that call? Jody, that's a terrific question, and I don't think it could be measured by numbers because you can't pin it on wins and losses because look at Deshaun Watson. He won four games last year. He won four mm-hmm. games last year, and if, if he wasn't going through what he was going through, he'd be worth five first-round picks because he – he had a tremendous season. He's that good of a quarterback. So I don't think you can judge Jalen this season based on his uh, one loss record. And, and I don't know that it, quarterback rate, rating, ranking, 15 touchdowns, 14 interceptions is going to be the be all end all determining factor for him. I think it's feel. I think how he commands the huddle, how he performs, what plays he leaves out on the field, what plays <laughs> he's able to make. What plays uh, do they feel confident in him running? How he takes control of the team on and off the field. So I, I think these are things that are going to be measured, not just in, in hard line wins and losses and, and stats, but in, in all the other areas that they can see and they can probably, and they certainly for sure will know and see better than we can. So from the outside, we may, we may be looking at, well, he's two and fifteen, or he's five and twelve, and he's he's got eighteen touchdowns and and thirteen and whatever it may be. They'll have a better feel. But yet, having said all that, I don't know that this this one season is enough. When you're in a rebuilding year with a, a team coming off four wins and a lot of young players and a new coaching staff, I don't think it's fair to Jalen Hurts to put him out there for a 17-game trial run and say, all right, whether or not you're QB1 in 2022 is based on what you do as a sophomore in a rebuilding season. I, I think that could be a little bit premature to make that evaluation, but they'll certainly know better in December than they do in September, and they'll know more in January than they do in November. Yeah, last one from me, Rob, and then also I want to give you a chance to talk about your uh, Faith on the Field show, which you're syndicating uh, in different cities around the country. But uh, So talk about that. But also, uh, I thought what you brought up is has been sort of concerning to me in the fact that I don't know what Jalen Hurts can do to prove to this team He's the long-term answer this year. We started this conversation talking about the schedule. You have him at five or seven wins. Guess what? That's not going to capture the imagination of anyone. That might not be fair, as you point out. Is there a path for Jalen Hurts other than success, other than playoffs, where he can earn the trust of this team? I think how he handles adversity, guys, I, I think that this that's sometimes an overlooked uh, intangible, an overlooked factor. But you're going to have ups and downs in the NFL. You're going to have weeks 
where he goes out there and he throws a pick that's going to cost them the game or he's going to misread a play and, and he's going to end up uh, sacked, fumble, and, and it's a big determining factor in the outcome of a football game. How does he handle that? How does he bounce back from that? How do his teammates rally around him? How does he get his teammates to uh, be uh, supportive and, and have – uh, just, just trust in him and, and be positive about him going forward. How does he handle the media pressure? How does he handle the city? I think all of those things are going to be uh, kind of weighed into it. And I think knowing Jalen just a little bit, right, just seeing him a little bit, I think he can handle all of that stuff. So um, it's it's going to come down to how he develops, how they view him, how they see him. But it, I, I do. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to really make an accurate assessment. And you could be in a situation where we're sitting here at this time next year, and, and Jalen was, uh, you know, so-so season on the field, and they weren't sure, and they went and used those picks, like Jody's suggesting, to get a Sam Howe or to get somebody else, and and then maybe Jalen goes on and has success elsewhere. So I I, I don't think that Jalen hurts his NFL future is going to be determined by what he does in 2021 for him. But his Eagles future may very well be determined by what he does in 2021. That's a good point. Rob, we haven't had you on since the draft. And we've certainly referenced and talked about Devonta Smith and the machinations to move up and get him and what he can do for this team. But the Eagles continue to draft thereafter. And we haven't gotten a chance here on the show to get your opinion on the overall Philly uh, draft. Take Devonta Smith for what he's worth, put him aside. The rest of the draft, Howie Roseman selections and the move the Eagles made. Good, bad, and different. What kind of grade did you give him? I, I, it's really hard, you know this, guys, to, to judge a draft based on not even seeing the guys out there. I, I could go individually and look uh, quickly at Landon Dickerson and say, if, 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 with that qualifier, if he's healthy, I love the pick. I mean, my man can go out there and do cartwheels. Uh, at 333 pounds. I just learned what cartwheels are, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so the, the fact that he can do that, tremendous athlete, man. I I, I really like Landon Dickerson and his potential. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, for me, could be a guy who's a steal of day three. I love this kid's uh, his confidence, man. He's I'm a rare breed. Uh, doesn't look at anybody else. Say, you know, there's no one like me. I don't copy anybody's game. I really like what he could do. I think Jacoby Stevens, a sixth-round pick, has got an opportunity to uh, be an impactful defensive player for this team. And then Milton Williams, the third-round pick, there's a lot of versatility there. Uh, we all know about how the, the the fist bump shook out in the third round, and they ended up with Milton Williams. Somebody even asked him about that yesterday. John, I forget who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, were you aware, like, basically that hey, Tom Donahoe didn't want you, and he he handled that well, but – uh, if you have a stud in Devontae Smith, a potential uh, anchor on your offensive line in Landon Dickerson, if healthy, and a day three contributor in Kenny Gainwell and Jacoby Stevens, you did pretty good. We'll yeah. see if that plays out. Oh, and I forgot that Rob obviously listened to his AP football podcast as well. i got to get your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. What What is going to happen, Aaron Rodgers? To me, I see Denver or Green Bay. I don't see another path. Yeah, you're, and, and it's, you're at the point now, like San Francisco, how could they be an option? They just went out and traded yeah. to move up for Trey Lance. Um, so you, look, you look at could, could they really flip him to Seattle for Russell Wilson, a blockbuster of all blockbusters? No. I don't think that's going to happen. 
it very well may come down to Aaron Rodgers forcing their hand by sitting out a year, by retiring, by by doing uh, something like that. I refuse to play there. I'm not coming back. I, I don't think any situation is not mendable. I always think that you can, when, when you have grown men, I, I don't care what's happened in the past, whatever it can be, I think you can sit down and you can mend things. So obviously that's going to be the Packers' first route, and it should be. It's Aaron Rodgers, so you better do whatever you can to make the guy happy. But Denver, would, if, if he's going to be moved, Denver has to be the leading candidate. Tend to agree. I don't think he's going anywhere else. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm sitting in John's chair. I'm Mr. Negativity. I think he's going to sit out. I really do. I think that he's going to start the season on the sidelines. Now, will it play the whole year that I'm not ready to commit to, but he's not showing up in camp. I don't think there's a trade to be made. I think he's going to actually start the season watching Jeopardy reruns at home, but that's just me. Call me Mr. Negative today. It's going to get ugly. I, Definitely. I, yeah. I certainly see that, too. Mr. Marty, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on. You know we're going to have you back plenty over the course of the upcoming year. Thanks for hopping on with us today, big guy. Always fun with you guys. Great job you both do. Thanks so much. Thanks, That Rob. is Rob Marty from the Associated Press here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac guys coming back. We'll continue to break down the schedule and the way this Eagle roster plays into it. What you see, tough early, easy late, how it plays. Come right back. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. 
Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mag, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mac and Jody Mac across the Jacob Media Network. A day after the schedule release episode of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got the Mac Mac guys right now. A little later, you get the uh, middle. Uh, did I get uh, this information? Aton, did you tell me before the show? Aton was down on the birds for this upcoming season. It, I don't know. Somebody uh, will get from Xander. It was either Krause or Aton said, what if they start 0-6? I don't Krause, know The boss yeah. man had him 0-6? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He oh, asked that's... me that question late, but it was late. So maybe I was tired. Maybe okay. I didn't understand it. As a matter of fact, I think you and I should get on the record. Uh, again, I'm asking you here at 9 o'clock. On a May morning, the season doesn't start till September. It doesn't end till January. That's a win, Joe. So that's a win. <laughs> this is very much in advance, and we will give you a lot of latitude. I'm going to take latitude uh, in what I think the Eagles season is going to be. Uh, the first game is September 12th. So the only thing that matters for us here on the uh, Birds 365 show is what we say on September 10th. You really do need to get on the record prior to the start of the season. So we'll be doing a show on that Friday before the first game of the season. And yes, then we will say what we think the Eagles are going to go. And uh, we are held accountable for that. Either praise for our accuracy <laughs> or just absolutely beating the shreds for our negativity and being inaccurate. Well, and that's the way it's going to play out. But I do want you to uh, give me your W's and L's. We're going to go through this together, Johnny Mac. Um, and I will say this. I even forget what year it was. Uh, it was one of the last. Maybe it was the first Chip Kelly year. I think it was post Andy Reid. I do believe so. Um, I, Going down the list, and this was right before the season started, not the do it in May before the entire offseason is put together and free agents later signed and the team is changed over in uh, camp and everything. No, this was right before the season started. I gave my opinion on what I thought the Eagles were going to go, and I did so going through the record one by one. And I had the Eagles at 10 and 6. And the Eagles ended up that year at 10 and 6. Right. Not so bad. I looked like a stone cold genius, yeah. except for one thing. When you went to the individual games, I was actually 3 and 13. <laughs> if you just went game by game, well, on that's my predictions where I on each game, I was 3 and 13. But yeah. I had the Eagles at 10 and 6, and they ended up 10 and 6. So that tells you. You can have the greatest feel for this and believe you know what you're talking about. It all depends on how you want to slice it. You can either make yourself look real good or real stupid. And I yeah. just stuck it's with it. It's interesting to say that because in a wide view, I think this team is going to win eight games. Now, can I look at the schedule and get eight games? I don't know if I can. 
So it's going to be interesting that you brought up that story because just uh, thinking about this team, I think they're going to be a little bit better than people think. I don't think they're going to play 14 different offensive line groups. I think the offensive line is going to be much improved. I think the team as a whole is going to be a little bit better, not a lot better, but a little bit better than people think. And I look at that six and a half number and I say, eh, I'll probably get them to eight. But can I get them to eight when looking at the schedule? Six and a half being the key over under number for those of you who like to wager on your football. That's where most of the betting outlets have it at this point. The Eagles over under for the season at six and a half. Remember, that's 17 games, not 16. We've been dealing with 16 yeah. forever. Everybody's got another chance to win an extra game or lose an extra game. So six and a half seems to be doable for the Eagles. All right, Johnny Mac, you ready to go through this game by game? I'm going right, to give you it. Going to give you the matchup. It. I need the John McMullen, Jody McDonald prediction. All right, week one in Atlanta against the Falcons. One o'clock start, which, by the way, I don't think we mentioned that. Eagles with a ton of Sunday at one games. Yeah, now I love that. I love that personal. John's looking at it from a work standpoint that yes. it's good for him to have Sunday at one. I'm just looking at it from a viewer standpoint. As a matter of fact, I'm planning on working Sundays on CBS Sports Radio this year. So I'm going to be here at home watching it on TV like everybody else. But just the fan in me, I like Sunday at one. That's when football is supposed to be played by my home. I've lived here on the East Coast my entire life. I've never lived on the West Coast where the times get all different. I just like Sunday at one. And the Eagles have a ton. of. They only got two West Coast trips. They got one game against a West Coast team coming here that they have scheduled for 4 o'clock as of now. But the And two primetime games. The great majority of their games are Sunday at one that I love and I know John likes as well. Sunday at one, opening week at Atlanta against the Falcons. Win or loss? That's a loss, Jody. That's a You're loss. You're going L. I'm going W. I say they wow. beat the Falcons. Wow. 41-37. It's going to be a high score. Write, is, it, uh, write that one down now. They will, not make the, they will not make the over under 70, so I think there will be over 70 points scored in that game. So I I'll think there it. is an over under. I tweeted it out, at least from one sports book. I think it was low. It was 46 and a half. Oh, love way. the over in yeah. that game. Those yeah. Eagle cornerbacks are going to get crushed. But Jalen Hurts making plays with his legs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, turnovers that lead to touchdowns. High-scoring affair that the Eagles right. find a way to win. That's week, a loss, Jody. That's week, a loss. Week two, at home, San Francisco. First upset of the season. Eagles win. A, season uh, op- a home opener for them. San Francisco coming from the West Coast. One o'clock game, as you mentioned. We know how difficult that is. A, a, a time game for a West Coast team. Uh, that that makes it difficult. First time since 2019, 70,000 lunatics in Lincoln Financial Field. That's too much for Jimmy Garoppolo. It, that's a loss. Uh, you, you go win, I go loss. So we have been on the opposite side of the first two games. Win on the road for me, loss at home. You've got a loss on the road, win at home. You might have the advantage there, but we've got them both one and one after two games. All right, week three. Down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in Texas on a Monday nighter, 8-15 start on ESPN. I'll just tell you ahead of time, this is going to cut to the chase a little bit. Um, I'm going to pick them to split the division. 
that they will split with Dallas, split with Washington, split with the Giants. I don't think they're that much better than anybody else. I surely don't believe they're that much worse than anybody else. So I am going to, in advance, tell you I will take the three home wins with the divisional opponents, and I will tag them with a loss on each of the road games against the divisional opponents. So in this case, I got to go L against the Giants in Dallas. Which way are you going? I am going, I agree with your thought process. I think they're going to split in the division. Potentially, we'll see where we get. I They might lose out against Washington, but I definitely think they're going to split with Dallas and the Giants. I'm going to, I'm going to topsy-turvy it, though. I'm, I'm going to say Dak Prescott isn't uh, playing at a high level week three. I think the Eagles are going to get it done, but to foreshadow, then they're going to lose week 18. I still can't get used to saying that. So I think they're going to win in Dallas, lose in Philly against the Cowboys. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so you've got them at two and one. I've got them at one and two. Uh, next week at home against Big Red and the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, they're getting boat raced there. They're getting boat raced. And people are going to be – that's going to be the – 44 to 14 game right there. Uh, I think they're going to lose. I actually think the Tampa Bay game might be the bigger blowout of the two losses against the former uh, just last year Super Bowl participants. But the first time the Mac and Mac guys agree, Andy Reid's going to get. The By the way, win. you know, all the teams real quick, Jody, uh, come out with their schedule release tweets and they do some inventive things. You got to check out the Chiefs. It's hilarious. It's just hilarious. Why hilarious? Give me a quick breakdown. Because it's Andy Reid talking about we're looking forward to the challenge of playing every team. They have a clip of him talking about every team on the Kansas City Chiefs schedule saying the exact same thing. Where is this? Where can I find this? The Chiefs Twitter account. It's it's tremendous. I will check that out. Did did we not listen to Andy every single week say, I got to do a better kind joke. I got to, it's on me. Got to do a better, that is funny. I have to check that out. All right. uh, Week five is at Carolina, the Matt Rule Panthers. One o'clock on the road versus Carolina. WRL. I'm going win. Back about 500 early. Um, what I mentioned about Teddy Bridgewater saying about Matt Rule and Joe Brady specifically about not practicing like a typical NFL team. You know, innovation sometimes, Jody. Uh, new things are not necessarily innovative. You can get away with at LSU because you're killing everybody. Well, you better practice situational football. I'm concerned about the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, from my buddy Colin Thompson. Um, I got the Eagles winning against yeah. Carolina. That, believe it or not, it took us a couple of games, but now we've agreed on two consecutive games. We both had the Chiefs losing, and we had both had the Eagles going into Carolina and winning. Um, the Thursday nighter, short week, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers come to town, Lincoln Financial Field on the Fox and the NFL Network. Uh, Bucks Eagles. Yeah, Thursday I tried to night. give everybody hope when Rob was on talking about a short week, talking about the travel. But no, the Bucks are too talented. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna win easily. To coin a Johnny McRae, boat race. The Buccaneers will come into town and boat race the Eagles. That one will not be competitive. All right, week seven, 
out to Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Is it a win or a loss that's staying in Vegas for the Eagles? I, I'm going to go loss, uh, but I will say Eagles fans will take over that stadium. I'm very confident of that. Uh, so it's going to be almost like a pseudo home game, but I do think it's it's going to be difficult for them. You know, the Raiders, I don't love. I don't, I don't like John Gruden. Uh, I don't like him as a coach. I think Derek Carr is okay as a quarterback. I just, it's a feel for this game. I could see the Eagles winning it, but I'm picking the Raiders to win. Here's, and and I know this doesn't make any sense, but it's the way I've been doing it forever. The next two games are road games against non-divisional opponents at Vegas, at Detroit. I think they're going to go one and one in those two games. Same I think if they, if they beat the Raiders, then they'll uh, stub their toe against the Lions next week. If they find a way to uh, lose to the Raiders, pressurize, get up a little bit more, find beat the Lions. I so I think they'll go one and one. Which do I think most likely they'll win? Probably the Detroit game. So I'm going to give them a loss against the Raiders. You gave them a win. Uh, no, loss against the loss. Raiders, same as you. I'm going win against the Lions. Win against Perfect. the Lions. So same same, same Damn. type of reasoning. Yeah, we, same type we, of reasoning. We've ripped off one, two, three, four, five in a row. We disagreed yeah. on the first three games. We've agreed on five straight. Let's see if that ends. Chargers, week nine, coming here to Lincoln Financial. Um, I think the 405 start time helps the Chargers. I think the Chargers are better than people think. I love Justin Herbert. I love him. I think he's going to be a star quarterback in this league. I think the Chargers uh, come in here and win that game. Well, much like the last two games, they've got the Chargers at home and then at the Broncos. Chargers at home. I think the Chargers have a better roster, but it's a home game, so they got a chance to win it. At the Broncos, yeah, going out to Denver, that's tricky. But I don't love the Broncos roster. I don't like their quarterback. So they're two very similar games, even though one's at home, one's on the road. I think they'll get the split here again. I think they'll win one and they'll lose one. I'm going to say they win the home game and lose the road game. So I'm going to give them a win here against the Chargers but I'm going to give them a loss at the Broncos the following week, even though we have no idea who's going to be the Bronco quarterback. Could be Aaron Rodgers, or it could be Teddy Bridgewater. It could be Drew Locke. Um, so you gave him a loss against the Chargers, but a win against the Broncos or another loss? Back-to-back -back No, loss. I'm going back-to-back -back losses. I'm, okay. I, 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 the Chargers are going to beat them. Obviously, the Broncos are going to beat them if they have Aaron Rodgers. Um now, if they don't, it's more difficult. I do look at it as as a road game, uh, a difficult place to play, however. Um, so I do have the Broncos winning that one, uh, although it makes it a lot easier for the upset if it's Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. Uh, so a lot depends on Aaron Rodgers and what happens. Uh, but I still am going to chalk it up as an L for now. That's why these picks are uh, certainly subject to change. We make them now, but we can change them later. All right, uh, next week, Saints, who the Eagles beat last year. Now, Drew Brees did not play in that game. Drew Brees will not be playing in this game this year because he's officially retired, but that could change too. Maybe the Saints get out 0-3 and they go, yo, Drew, you want to come back here? And he gets up to speed in two weeks. So who the hell knows? Uh, Saints here in Philadelphia, 1 p.m. on Fox. You got a W or an L for Philadelphia. 
I got a W, Jody. I think the Saints are in trouble. I think the Saints are 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 going to going to go in a real negative direction without Drew Brees. It's just not easy uh, to move on from that. I I think just as people start to get a little bit desperate after two consecutive losses, I think the Eagles jump up and give them some hope. Beat the Saints. All right. So you're going W. I'm going to L on that one, and I gave you the first week score. What I say, forty-one thirty-seven, somewhere thereabouts. Over under seventy. Take the over. If the over under on that game is twenty-nine, I would say take the under. I think that's got thirteen to twelve written all, all over it. I just think it'll be an ugly football game. Uh, the, the Saints, you're right, doing next to nothing offensively, but their defense is still pretty damn good. Um, uh, for some reason, I think it's going to pour on November 12th. That one played in the slop, in the rain here in Philadelphia, 12-11 final. Yeah, and I got the Saints getting the 12. So that's bad news. I got that one down as a loss. All right, now we get into the hometown portion the Northeast portion don't have to go anywhere. All divisional opponents and the Jets and a bye mixed in last uh, seven weeks of the season. November 28th at the Giants. That's got to be an L for me because I said I was going and lost home and road. What do you yes, ask? Same, same here. Home and road is going to be the, the issue here. So I have them losing to the Giants up the turnpike and, and beating them at Lincoln Financial Field. Gotcha. Jets the next week, two straight roads into MetLife Stadium. WRL. Sorry, that's a W for me, Jody. The the, the Eagles are going to find a way. As you know, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles. So why yeah. start this year? I, I do, unfortunately, know that. But the Jets get them all the time in the preseason matchup. Well, they have beat them in the preseason. They'll so play them again positive. this year in the preseason. But, yeah, I'm going to give the Eagles a win on that one. All right, watching the football team here. For me, that's a W. For you, that's a? Uh, that's a W. They're going to split with Washington, uh, and 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 I'm with you. The whole division is going to be a split. The only difference is I had Dallas. They're going to win in Dallas, lose Dallas week game. 18. Understood that. Um, which, by the way, maybe you know this. Uh, maybe I should know this, and I don't. That game is yet to be determined start time or broadcast outlet. Do we know yeah, why? Saturday, uh, it's a Saturday-Sunday th thing. That's one of those uh, Saturday-Sunday weeks. Uh, and it could be on either day. That would affect, obviously, uh, the TV broadcast as well. Okay, so it could actually be Saturday, December 18th, <clears throat> rather than yeah. Sunday, December 19th. All right. Uh, the following week, December 26th, day after Christmas, they are uh, at the Giants. No, home against the home Giants. Against the Giants. So that's, field. That, that's the win against the Giants I have. Um, I think you have two. That's I a have win losing. for me, correct. And Lose. Washington week 17, That that is at Washington. I have that uh, as an L. As um, do I. And then week 18 I have as an L. So I think that gets me to eight wins. And I got that as a W because I had the Dallas loss earlier in the season. You got it as an L. So John McMullen losses for the Philadelphia Eagles. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, which means you've got eight wins. Losses, Jody McDonald for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Wow. Look at you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, we're both we're both at eight, nine. Uh, we both have the same exact record. Some of the games going differently, but we have the same exact record for the Philadelphia Eagles. John McMullen's predicting an eight nine season. Jody McDonald is predicting an eight nine season. You and it's all us. meaningless, but enjoy it. Right. You can hate us for it. You can love us for it. We're uh, good with it either way. All right. We will get the predictions in Eagle Insight on the schedule from our next guest coming up next. Uh, you watch him almost nightly. He doesn't do the weekend. Somebody's got to have days off. So God bless the fact that Jeff Skoversky gets those. Jeff Skoversky of 6ABC is going to join us next here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network.
Sports 365 with Mac John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Joining us for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, Talk Eagles football is a guy you catch nightly. He looks just as good with us as he does on yeah. 680. Damn, maybe their makeup people aren't as good. He looks dynamite. He's got the good black going on, fitting right in on the show. We got to get him a hat, but that's okay. Jeff Skaversky from 6ABC hops on board with us here on uh, Birds 365. How are you this morning, Jeff? What's up, guys? You know, working at home, I have like landscapers outside, weed yeah, waggers going, you. the lawn. I'm like, I don't know if you can hear any of this nonsense going on, but this is the uh, new uh, way of the world, right? Working from home. Landscape. Yeah, we all go through the same thing, Jeff. I got my dog barking. I got muted. We're all going through the same thing. The landscapers, all that kind of stuff. I, I remember last year at this time when when the pandemic first hit, and we're all of a sudden working at home. So I'm doing an interview with Larry Boa. Uh, am I allowed to talk Phillies on here? For oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing an interview with Larry Boa, and there is just massive construction going on outside. I'm trying to get my wife is trying to ask them to like, can they come back in like five minutes? I couldn't hear Larry talk. And I'm like, what? I'm like, you know, I always wanted to work in Philadelphia and dreamed of working at Channel Six, being a sportscaster in Philadelphia. And I'm like, this is not how I really pictured all of this going down. I know. Let, 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 let me start there. Yeah. Will you be at the stadium every single week? Do you expect to be able to do an interview with a player this upcoming season? And look him in the eye rather than look into your computer and get his Zoom take on how the game just went. You know, that's a great question. I I really don't know what, you, you know, could I predict, hey, maybe we'll be back in studio in a couple months. Sure, maybe I could predict that. But I really don't know when we'll be back in front of these players again. And, you know, I my gut tells me, and I could be wrong, my gut tells me we'll go through another season of this were no in-person interviews. Um, but, it, you know, the fall is, it feels only four months away. It's a long time. It's a short, short time. I really don't know. My gut would say probably another season of this. Yeah, I agree, Jeff. They're already, I mean, the city, obviously, everybody's planning for full stadiums in the NFL around the country. I think we're going to see that. But I agree with you. I think we're in Zoom world for at least another season. It's interesting because I want to ask you from that ABC perspective, what do they tell you guys about going back in the studio? Any any headway as far as that goes? Well, look, we're just being cautious like everyone else. And, and, and we're just trying to be smart about it. And, and that's the way to go here, right? You want to be smart. You want to make sure everyone's protective. protective protected sorry it's too it's very early for me i don't normally get out of bed till noon so um, (laughs) but it's you want to make sure everyone's protected so you know our photographers our reporters you know they're not back in in, you know in the building um and it's just kind of a skeleton crew and thank goodness for all this technology right because we're able to do this we're able to do shows and when this first hit we're able to do interviews over facetime and zoom and remember zach Ertz last march he agreed to do an interview with me about some charity he was working on. And he goes, Hey, Hey, do you have zoom? I'm like, well, what, what are you talking about? What? Yeah. And I wish back then I bought some zoom stock because that has been, that has gone through the roof. But look, I mean, they just want to keep everyone safe. And it's just the reason why the Phillies beat writers aren't really traveling. Most of the Eagles beat writers did not travel last year. I don't know what the case will be this upcoming season, 
But, you know, right now it's just about keeping everyone safe and, and there's nothing wrong with being overly cautious here. Let me ask you a follow up on that. Can't get a read because you're just not there situation. Eagles have a new head coach and we've been able to see him via the miracle of Zoom and be able to get a judgment on the way he handles himself in a computer driven situation. You haven't had the chance to stand there next to him and get a vibe from him and look him in the eyes. Uh, all of us have been here in town for a while. Andy Reid, sweaty as he may be, had a commanding uh, <laughs> attitude to himself. Chip Kelly always looked like somebody was looking over his shoulder. Uh, when he first took over, Doug Peterson looked like he was learning on a job. But after he won the Super Bowl, he looked like a guy who was confident in everything he was doing. We got no idea what Nick Sirianni is. We can judge by his words and his attitude and the like, but it's just not the same as being able to see the guy up close and personal. What is your Zoom take on Nick Sirianni been so far, Jeff? Well, I actually have met Nick Sirianni. So um, the day of the draft, I was down there doing live shots for Channel 6, and uh, he was in the parking lot, and I was introduced to him. So from a distance, we spoke for, you know, five, ten minutes, and he just – he seems like a nice guy. He seems like he, – he, he seems very – he's very similar to me as Doug Peterson. Doug is a good guy, a nice guy. Does Doug did Doug have the stature like Andy Reid did? Maybe not. But the other thing, the other thing I will say is, did Andy Reid have that stature and that you know a presence from day one, or did that evolve over time? And you know, look, Nick Sirianni is a young guy, and he's you know maybe the youngest, one of the youngest coaches in the NFL. So he's a young guy. He's it's going to take time for him to. Also develop that confidence. I mean, he's a first-time head coach. Yes, he believes he can do it, but you have to remember he hasn't done it. So to him, he's learning on the job, getting to know us, getting to know his players, getting to know Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. So I think you have to give it time and let it develop. But look, to sit here and judge his press conferences over Zoom is so difficult and so, in my opinion, unfair because – it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what he says, in my opinion. I mean, people used to judge Andy Reid on his press conferences, and I'm going, it's ridiculous. It doesn't matter. He could have the worst press conferences ever and win and go 16-0. and That's all that matters. Look at Bill Belichick. It's the worst press conferences ever, but it's okay because the guy is a winner. So does it really matter the way he comes across on Zoom? I know that's our initial um, take, and our, the only thing we can judge it on but it's so unfair. And oh, by the way, his first press conference, he's essentially getting grilled on the Carson Wentz situation, the Jalen Hurts, which is an unfair situation to be thrown into. That's just the reality, um, in my opinion, of, of the situation, trying to judge somebody on that. It's just so difficult. Yeah, it is. And he didn't have that information. That's a good point, Jeff. So he's getting and grilled. And if he has, and, yeah. Yeah, and John, but if, he, but if he did, to reveal it to us no. and yes. to reveal it to the fan base – why would you do it? It's a, it's a game of poker. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're trying to create value. Just like right now, they're trying to create value for Zach Ertz to let it all out, um, you know, to uh, to what we want would just oh, not sure. be smart for them. They're, yeah. you know, they're running a business. Yeah. I, I do want to talk to you about the youth theme. You brought up Nick's obviously very young, his coaching staff as a whole, 
you know, Nick Rollis is the youngest position coach in the league. Michael Clay is the youngest coordinator in the league. It seems like something the Eagles wanted to bring into the Novacare complex was this youth and this energy. Jeff, you've been around for a long time. You've talked to guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham time and time again. How do you think that plays with the veteran players on this team? I think they want to win. And I know you go back to Chip Kelly and it took time. You know, players had a really hard time buying into Chip Kelly. And then they start to buy in. You know, they 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 clinch the division that, that first year. They're in Dallas. And I remember LaShawn McCoy running around on the field celebrating. And they finally bought in. And then, of course, it snowballs just fast. Guys just want to win. And, you know, for Jason Kelsey, this this may be it here. You know, they, they, they draft uh, Dickerson. This could be it for Kelsey. He's toyed with the idea of retiring. You know, you look at Fletcher Cox. How many more years does he have? Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham's an easy guy to, to, to buy in. I mean, he's, mm -hmm. you know, think about Brandon Graham's situation. I mean, he was almost gone how many years ago. We were all talking to him. I remember in training camp one year, and, and he was like, I don't know if I'm going to be here anymore. Yeah, it was Travis Long. He thought he was going to get cut for Travis Long. Yeah, and, and thank meeting. goodness that didn't happen. Yeah. And Brandon's one of the best human beings in the world. But I think these guys want to win. And look, I, I think everyone was hoping that the Doug Peterson thing would work out. And I think a lot of us were surprised that the Doug thing fell apart as quickly as it did. I think people internally at the Eagles are surprised things kind of snowballed as quickly as they did at the end. And it, it was a tough, bad year. But guys want to win. And you have no choice but to buy in. If you don't buy in, you're going to be gone in this league. So I think they have no choice. Um and, you know, Nick has to bring it. I, I think, you know, Nick's going to have to bring it. And during this time, getting to know his players. But the nucleus of this team, in a sense, is really a young team. And they appear to be building around Jalen Hurts here, barring a trade for a quarterback and Sean Watson or something. They're building around Jalen Hurts. It's a young team. And guys have no choice but to buy in here, in my opinion. Jeff, last year at Thanksgiving, if I told you that both Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson oh. <laughs> would be gone, you would have looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? But sure enough, we're here six months later, and that's exactly where we're sitting. No bizarro world, right? It's I mean, it's bizarro. I mean, to tell me Carson, I remember, I even asked players this, and whether it was on the record, off the record, yeah, I mean, none, nobody saw any of this coming. Nobody. Not a single soul. Carson yeah. Wentz now in Indianapolis, new cult team, his old coach taking his back, saying that he didn't believe that Jalen Hurts got inside Carson Wentz's head. Okay, if Wright can believe that and uh, Carson can talk himself into it, that's good. What kind of year do you think Carson Wentz is going to have in Indianapolis? I think he's going to have a better year because I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to prove people wrong. Obviously, it's all contingent on being healthy, right? So... I think Carson's going to have a good year. Do I think he's going to have 2017? No, but that Indianapolis team is better. I think there'll be less pressure on Carson in Indianapolis. Yes, they're bringing him in, and, and he's going to be expected to take this team to the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs with Frank Reich. But there's way less pressure in Indianapolis. I mean, I love Philadelphia. I'm from here, but this is a hard place to play. And you talk about it in any <laughs> of the sports – there is so much pressure and it takes a unique individual. And the Carson thing just, it just kind of ran its course 
way too quickly with the injuries. And there's so many things that went on with Carson. Think about it. The injuries, Nick Foles comes in and wins you a Super Bowl. Are, are you are you kidding me? So if you're Carson, you're going, you know, put yourself in Carson's shoes. You're supposed to be the franchise quarterback. You get hurt a bunch of times. People question you. You then get hurt again. You're having an MVP season. Nick Foles comes in, wins you a Super Bowl. The guy is a statue outside Lincoln Financial. I mean, and then all of a sudden they draft Jalen Hurts. It's human nature to get down about that. Now, it's a big boy league, and I think Frank Reich even admitted to that. So I don't know. I don't know what was really going on in Carson's head. I know he wasn't happy about the Jalen Hurts situation, but can you blame him? Um, you know, it's very, it was very early for that to happen. It's not like the Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay. It wasn't like the Brett Favre situation in Green Bay when they drafted Aaron Rodgers years ago. It's a different situation. Carson's in his prime. Yeah, Jeff, I want to rewind for a second about Doug because I do want to talk to you about that. I mean, yeah, you go back to a cold winter's night in Minneapolis. We're all sitting there. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, lifetime dispensation card, first championship since 1960, turned out to be three years. They move on from the head coach that finally gets him the, the Lombardi trophy. When you look at Jeffrey, when you look at Howie, do they think they're responsible for this more than the head coach? Is that the disconnect you, you find? Say, say that again. Do you think that they are more responsible? Do they think they are more responsible for the Super Bowl championship than the head coach? I, I think a lot of it was simple. I, I, it, it, it's complex, but it's simple. At the end of the day, from, from everything I have been told, from everyone I have talked to, is that they were disgusted the way last season went. Four wins with that team. Yeah. We looked this time last year, we looked at that schedule and we went, okay, they have the easiest schedule on paper coming into play like they do now this upcoming season, but mm. they have the easiest schedule. They're going to make another deep playoff run. It completely falls apart. If you remember what Jeffrey Lurie told Jim Schwartz after the Super Bowl, after they win in Minneapolis, he was upset that Tom Brady yep, had yep, a you know record-setting Super Bowl on that Eagles defense. Jeffrey is, is a perfectionist. He's never satisfied. They were disgusted last year in that four-win season. They were expecting Doug to come into these meetings and have these innovative ideas. They did not want Press Taylor to be promoted. They did not want internal um, upgrades from uh, on, on defense. They wanted the Doug to go out and find these innovative coaches. And I don't want to say bringing in a Chip Kelly type as your offensive or defensive coordinator, but they wanted a little more pizzazz. They wanted a splash. And they were really uninspired and unimpressed with what Doug was bringing to the table as far as the coaching staff. And they did not think that Doug was going to budge. And I don't think Doug was happy with a lot of things going on internally and decisions. And there was a lot of bitterness over the draft situation last year and the Hurts and the Justin Jefferson situation. I mean – there was just a lot of tension building in that organization. So it's a competitive organization. There's a lot of different opinions. We saw it this year with Tom Donahoe and Howie Roseman. We saw a glimpse of it right there. While that's overblown, those things exist. But as things mount and tensions mount, I just think it got to be too much. And they said, we don't want to do this. And I think um, I think Jeffrey Lurie admitted, we don't 
think Doug deserved to get fired. We just felt at this course, this point of time, it was time to move on. And yes, it shocked me. It shocked. I mean, I'm still, yeah, yeah. I'm still surprised that we're sitting here talking about this. Well, but that's one of my favorite quotes, Jeff. Is Doug doesn't deserve to be fired, but I'm going to fire him. I thought that was a hilarious yeah, well, press conference. <laughs> well, but but you know, if you put yourself in his shoes, you put his, yourself in his shoes, and you're and let's say let's say Jody, you're you're running the show here. And you're not really like you don't like what John does or John's ideas. That's true. And uh, and let's say John's <laughs> bring- basically on a day in day yeah. out basis. Thanks yeah. for noting that, Jeff. Yeah, so, sorry, I, I think I touched on a subject. But so, but what what, what are you going to do? I, so I don't think they wanted to. I just think they came to a point and said we're going to make a tough business decision here and. You know, and I, there was a lot. There was a lot of issues last year, and and things really, really, really stemmed going back to the Mike Grove. Mike Grove, yes, they really stemmed from that. Doug did not want to fire Mike yes. Grove, um, and and Doug, I think, felt as if, hey, I wish I, you know, stood up for him a little bit more. But he says he's coming back. All of a sudden, he fires him, and I think that caused a lot of a lot of issues. Excuse me. A lot of issues, you know, and a lot of stemmed from that. And I just think tensions got high. And look, it's a big boy league, right? And these things happen. And I think Doug was, I think, the the, the fastest Super Bowl winning quarterback to be fired in like three yeah. decades. Yep. I mean, yep. so I think we're all sitting here surprised. But no, I don't think Doug deserved to get fired. But I think he should have had another year. But I hear you. Um, getting excited like Nick Sirianni knocking over mics. Knocking over time. my mic. Yeah. yeah, you guys want to do uh, rock, paper, scissors? We're, we're, we're good with you on that, Jeff. Uh, here's a question I have for you, though. You talked about uh, players adapting to Nick Sirianni and uh, learning him and wanting to play for him and the like, and I agree with everything you said. But I got this team starting off two and five, which is not great. Seven games in, just slight of the halfway mark. Two and five, that's not a lot of winning. As you pointed out, players like winning. Doesn't matter how they get there with the coach, uh, enthusiasm, business-like. Just tell me we're winning. We'll be good with that. If they're two and five, I don't think you can categorize that as winning. Do they have the veteran guys? Because Sirianni's going to do what he's going to do. New coaching staff, as young as it is, John pointed out, great point. The veteran players on this team. Can they be the glue that keeps it together to get to a two and five start? The back end of the schedule gets easier when they can make their run at 500 against their all divisional mediocre opponents and the Jets. Um, can they can they hang in there? Do the veteran guys have what it takes in the locker room to keep this team together if they get off to a slow start? I think so. And they have good veterans. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. Zach Ertz, I, I don't, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Zach may not be here, but uh, they have good veterans. They have solid workers. They have guys with great attitudes. Jason Kelsey, I mean, how many quarterbacks has Jason Kelsey taken under his wing and worked with? Um, they have good veterans, but no, I mean, things could be really trying. And, and I remember talking to Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck years ago when things were just snowballing with Chip Kelly and at the end of Andy Reid and, I mean, we, we've been through these ups and downs and these highs and, and the lows so many times. 
what are guys supposed to do? There's only, you know, until this year, 16 games. There's only X amount of teams. You got to get up for each game. This isn't like baseball. So you don't have 162 games. You have no choice but to buy in. And yeah, your attitude may shift where you go, okay, well, I'm not going to play for a Super Bowl this season. But I don't know if I agree with you with the two and five. And I don't know if I agree with you with the back end of the schedule being easier. Yes, on paper, the front end of the schedule looks awful. It looks brutal. The back end, yes, looks easier. They don't have to travel, get on a plane, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, they always split, in my opinion, they always split yeah. those NFC East yeah. games, and they're always going to win games they're not supposed to, and they're always going to lose games they're not supposed to. So do I think they're going to be a playoff team? No, but I think they will surprise more people than not. That's just my gut feeling looking at this schedule. But I could be wrong. I sat here last year and I went, hey, they're an easy playoff team. They're an 11-win team. No problem. And instead, they were an 11-loss team. So who knows? I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. But I think guys I think guys will be able to keep this thing together because it's a retooling. I don't want to say rebuild because I don't like rebuild. But it's a retooling situation here. All right, Jeff, while we got you, I got to ask you about the quarterback. I got to ask you about the guy Jason Kelsey's going to work with and – um, sort of call out protections for, and that's Jalen Hurts. Um, more so, how did we get here? You know better than – you've been around a long time now. You know better than anyone how this franchise values the quarterback position. So we look at the Carson Wentz divorce. Did that impact their thought process moving forward? Because, look, they're going to get Jalen Hurts 2021, but that's it. Can he seize this job? Is there any path for him to seize this job? Or are we going to be talking about Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, or the next flavor of the month in the draft next season? Well, look, if they can get their hands on one of those other quarterbacks that you mentioned, I think they would do it. They have enough capital. They have enough draft picks. They have potential players that they could swing for that. I don't know. There's a lot, obviously a lot of baggage with Deshaun Watson right now. I don't know if I would go that direction, but you never know. I mean, they took a chance on Michael Vick years ago, and a lot of that had to do with, of course, Andy Reid and, and his uh, belief in giving people second chances. I think Jalen Hurts – I mean, it's Jalen Hurts' job at this point, right? I mean, who else is going to be the quarterback? So they're going to give Jalen Hurts every possible um, – you know, way of winning this job and, and being successful. They drafted his receiver at Alabama, a guy that he had a lot of success with, um, you know, mostly in practice, but a guy that he has a good rapport with, a guy he has chemistry with. They drafted a center he's familiar with. They, they have guys around him. You know, they have two young receivers. Um, you know, th they have young running backs. They're, they're trying to make this work with Jalen Hurts. Nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows how this is going to work out. And the Eagles can't tell you that, hey, they believe this is going to work out. They believe Jalen Hurts at this point gives you your best shot, flipping this thing around and getting going. But do we really know? None of us know. And in a blink of an eye, a guy can get hurt. In a blink of an eye, a guy can make this amazing play and get you into the playoffs. No one has a crystal ball. But I think Jalen Hurts can be competitive and I think Jalen Hurts is going to have some, you know, I don't want to say rookie because he's not going to be a rookie, but he's going to have those rookie moments. Um, I think last year playing those 
final games is going to help him going into this season. But remember, he has a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, new players. How's it all going to gel? But I think now that he's going to be the guy and you know doesn't have to worry about stepping on Carson's toes, I think he can be a little more um, authority. You know, he can show a little more authority and he could take command better. You know, that was a tough situation that he was brought into last year. So I think he's going to have more confidence to be able to lead this team. And I think he's going to speak up a little bit more. He's soft-spoken. But I think he's going to be able to, to take command of this team. And the Eagles are going to put him in the best possible position to be successful, in my opinion, from everything that I've seen. Jeff, I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball here. Not to give me the final record. John and I just ran it down. 17-0. and 17 no, very yeah. good. Uh, John and I both ran it down. We both ended up <laughs> at eight and nine. I'm not going to ask you to do that. Instead, I want you to project this. Let's pick out a game. Uh, the November 21st game against the Saints. Saints are here. Their record will be what it's going to be. It's the week before Thanksgiving. We haven't gotten to the cold. It's still the fall. It's the kind of weekend you would think of as a great NFL weekend. What is the crowd going to be like at Lincoln Financial Field? We had the quasi-attendance last year. We've got a new team coming off a 4-11 and season with a new coach and changeover personnel and the like. What is Eagle Nation going to be like almost dead middle of the schedule at home against the Saints this week? What's going to feel for football going to be like here in Philadelphia at that time? What's the score in the first quarter? Seven seven. Here, here's what I love about Philadelphia. They will boo. The Eagles were booed the first game back after winning the Super Bowl. The Phillies were booed on opening day after winning the World Series. The day they got their rings, the Phillies were booed at home in the opener. I mean, that's just Philadelphia. So what what has transpired in that game? What transpired the week before? How's Jalen Hurts playing? Is Jalen Hurts playing? You know, how, how does Devontae Smith work out? Is Jalen Rager working out? I mean, it's so hard to predict. I mean, here, here's the great thing. The Eagles fans are always into it, right? Philly fans are always into it. So there will be energy in there. Is it positive energy or negative energy? I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. What I love about this team is that there are really no expectations. So anything that is a plus is going to be a positive. You know, when there's too many expectations, there, there's only room for a letdown. I mean, the Eagles, nobody thought the Eagles, once Carson got hurt, they were going to win the Super Bowl, right? So that made it even more exciting. And then you outduel Tom Brady. That even made it more exciting. But when you go back to those Phillies teams that were supposed to, you know, win the World Series and then they don't, it's a big letdown. So I always look at it when the Eagles are not supposed to do well and they do well, it's even better because there's no expectations. You're expecting nothing. I, I don't know. It could be ugly, Jody. It could be really ugly, but it may just be one of these thrilling games that they're not supposed to win, that they do win. And then you start going, wow, wow, we don't need Carson Wentz. We need this Jalen Hurts kids unbelievable. I mean, who knows? I mean, how many games are before that? Is that like the eighth game, ninth game of the season? Yeah, Chet, right. you're Dead right. There's, the there's good energy. There's bad energy. 
that's all good. If you get apathy, that's the bad part. There's never apathy with the Eagles fans. Right, but they're Rugby not supposed can. to but they're not yeah. supposed to be a good team this year. So That's true. The the energy can only go up. Like the, the baseline of energy is going to be in my opinion is just going to be a little negative going in or or pessimistic. It only can go up. People are going to be excited to see Jalen Hurts. They're going to be excited to see Devontae Smith. Obviously, question marks. No one's going to get excited about uh, Landon Dickerson. You know, he's an offensive yeah, lineman. Offensive but line. you're going to be excited. Hey, can Jalen Rager – he's not going to be Justin Jefferson, but can Jalen Rager, you know, be worthy of that pick? How's Miles Sanders going to be – you know? So there's going to be a level of excitement, but you're talking about – you know, eight, nine games into the season. Yeah. Well, how forget about that. How optimistic are you to get some grass time at rookie camp? You're looking forward to it, getting out there. Yeah, and, you know, but I always go at these rookie camps. None of us know, like, I, we don't know what we're looking at. No. We don't know if, if you know, we heard Devontae Smith is a, is a great route runner, but we don't know, in you know, in these warm-ups, is that a great route? And, you know, these guys, their heads – you know, I've talked to a couple of the rookies already. Their heads are spinning. I, I, I talked oh, yeah. to Teron Jackson last week, the six-round pick from uh, Coastal Carolina. His head's spinning. He just got the playbook earlier that day. He's going through it with, um, with you know, his defensive line coach. And his head's just spinning. So these guys trying to put it into action, they're going to be going a little bit slow. But the optimism with Nick Sirianni is great. And, and you got to love this time of year. We're seeing these fresh faces seeing them learn, seeing them put it together. But I cannot wait till I see Jalen Hurts with Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders, and really see the next generation of this Eagles offense, see how this blossoms here. Jeff, great stuff. We appreciate your coming on. Do us a favor. Tell that uh, Gardner guy that you work with, a couple other gray mustachioed guys, <laughs> send their regards. We Absolutely. Appreciate, we Thanks appreciate for having me. I love your pleasure. background. We will yeah. we will certainly be asking you back to join us again. Johnny, I'll see you down at Rookie Camp this week. Thanks for coming on with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. That Thanks, is Jeff, uh, Jeff Skaberski of 6ABC here with us on Birds 365. All right, time to put a bow in the show. We'll come back. Mac and Mac guy's going to wrap up a Thursday edition of Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. In the Wildwoods, our free beaches are spacious and welcoming with plenty of room to spread out. Your seat will be waiting for you when you're ready to visit. The Wildwoods, creating cherished family memories for generations. Jody Mack, the legendary sports talker, joins forces with NFL insider John McMullen. Start your morning with Johnny Mack and Jody Mack across the Jacob Media Network. Mac Mac guys back here on Birds 365. We've only got a couple minutes left. Um, thank Jeff Skaberski for coming on. Thank Rob Marty for hopping on earlier in the show. And you know all these interviews. If you didn't catch them live, uh, they're up there on YouTube. You'll be able to go back and listen to any of them. Both guys were pretty damn good with us today. Um, I, I do want to mention this before we get out of here. And I appreciate all the guys who hop on the stream during the course of the show. Um, sometimes entertaining comments, sometimes enlightening comments, sometimes comments we can't refer to here being on the air, uh, and some that just make me laugh and or make me scratch my head. Uh, I love the one we just got uh, a couple of seconds ago because Jeff Skaberski noted that after the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they first came back here in Philadelphia, they were booed. And as Phillies after winning the World Series first came back here after, they were booed. Call it took objection to Jeff pointing that out and said, we'll boo you next, Jeff. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally. Thank you for making Jeff's point for him. That's what he was trying to say. Uh, but I did see this one on the stream a, a while back before Skaversky ever joined us. I did want to bring this up. Uh, Brandon Davis, and I don't know who the hell Brandon is, uh, but I thank him for streaming on the show. After you and I ran down the schedule, just streamed clowns. <laughs> and I'm assuming he was referring to you and I, because we both had the Eagles at eight and nine for this upcoming season. Now, just a, a point for Brandon. Are we clowns because they're too good or... Because they're too bad. That's I, I exactly what I was going to say. Thank you for finishing my sentence, Mr. McMullen. He just leaves it as clowns. Yeah. Well, are we, we are clowns, clowns because we yeah. didn't go 13 and 4? Or are we clowns because he actually believes yeah. they're going to be 4 and 13? And we're too optimistic at 8 and 9. Yeah. You he never say know, just Jimmy. called us clowns. Trust Johnny me. Mac, which one do you think it is? I'm thinking it's because we don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. That, that, that's my theory, but it could be the other direction. There's a lot of negativity as well. I can't keep it straight. Am I optimistic? Am I pessimistic? I don't know. We kind of flipped hats today. You were the were you pessimistic or optimistic? Yeah, I, I don't even it, know at this a point. A couple couple of things I yeah. might have been a little pessimistic about. But here's the bottom line. 
And I I told you that whole story about the year that Chip Kelly went 10 and 6. And I said the Eagles were going to be 10 and 6. But truth be told, each of the individual games, I was 3 and 16 in picking wins and losses, which is pretty damn awful. By hook or by crook, you and I both came out to 8 and 9 as of today. Yeah. And I'm holding you to that for the next 24 hours. When we get back here on Birds 365, you can move the needle one way or the well, other. Who was that, Brandon Davis? I don't know. Brandon, tell us. Should I go 3 and 14 tomorrow or 14 and 3? I need to know. Yeah, I know, but and if you do, uh, I will take the exact opposite. If if Johnny Mac's dropping down to three and fourteen, I'll go up to fourteen and three just to make you happy for that. Um, but we gave you our look at the schedule. We'll do more of this again tomorrow. We will have a week-ending Friday edition of Birds Three Sixty Five. Thanks to Skoreski and Marty for hopping on with us today. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. We'll be right back at you in twenty-two hours, right here on Birds Three Sixty Five. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify.